You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today I want to talk about joy. Um, there's been so much craziness in the world lately and so much chaos that I thought it would be a good idea to, to talk about joy. And I want to get into what my joy was like or lack thereof before I was saved 12 years ago, what that looked like, and then how that changed after I got saved and what it looks like now. Um, by the way, next week I have a great guest, uh, Hugh Ross. He's an astrophysicist and basically we're going to talk about the proof of God by, through science, which is amazing. Um, we'll get into all that, but it's, it's a, he's fascinating. He's written many books and he's amazing. And the week after that, I'm going to interview Caleb Kaltenbach, who a lot of you might know of. He wrote the book, Messy Grace. And um, he was raised by a lesbian mother and a gay father. <laughs> and and now he just came out with a new book called Messy Truth. And so we're going to talk about his new book in a couple of weeks. So be sure to tune in. But today I want to get into joy. And, and so I actually kind of address this a little bit in my book in A Change of Affection. I... I talk about what, because there's a whole section I talk about. Um, the the question in the section is, doesn't God want you, want us to be happy? Doesn't God want you to be happy? And that that question is based on it's kind of like in the frequently asked question section of my book. And these are the common questions I get. Well, you know, if you're gay, doesn't God want you to be happy? Doesn't do He want you to be in a relationship with a guy? Like, what's the deal? And and uh and so we're going to talk about happiness versus joy and so before i was a christian my happy my happiness was based solely on my circumstances like if i was in a relationship with a guy if the relationship was going well then i was happy if i you know was doing well in my career i was happy if i was uh doing something kind of interesting in life, I was happy. But anytime there was a breakup or there was, you know, a difficult period in a relationship with, with a guy, a boyfriend, um, it just, my whole world would fall apart. And so my happiness was so flimsy. It was so built on shifting sand. (laughs) It It wasn't built on the solid rock of Jesus. And I talk about this in my book. I say, when I was in relationships with men, my ha- my happiness fluctuated wildly based on how the relationship was going, which kept me strapped into the seat of an emotional roller coaster. The Bible, however, speaks of joy that is permanent, not based on circumstances, but on the immutability of God as our Father, Jesus as our Savior, and the Holy Spirit as our Comforter. And and I go on to talk about how Jesus doesn't promise us happiness. 
Instead, he speaks frequently of the difficulty we will face if we are to be his disciples. And he's, you know, obviously Jesus said, if anyone come would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And he says, obviously, too, in the world, you will have tribulation. So anyway, before I was a Christian, everything was based on my circumstances. And I um, everything and, and I, as I've talked about this before, just in my relationships with with boyfriends, it was always quid pro quo. It was always this, you know, if if I'm doing well in my career, if I have a nice body, whatever, like if my biceps are good and your abs are good, then we're good to go. Like, that's kind of like how it was, especially for gay men. That's how at least in in Hollywood, that's how it is. It's all based on. It's all based on very shallow, superficial things like your career and your body and are you in shape and and what can you offer me and what do you how can you raise my profile? <laughs> and so that's kind of how I existed, you know, in in Los Angeles for many, many years and and I in and out of relationships and and in those relationships I mean, it was crazy. I was just every single day I didn't know if I was going to be happy or upset or anxious or fearful because I didn't know how the relationship was going to be that day. Um, a lot of my relationships were just, they were like a lot of relationships. They were, you know, up and down and they were kind of a roller coaster. And I remember I was dating this guy in New York uh, and I remember... I was living up in Benedict Canyon in Beverly Hills. And um, I, I just remember being at the very beginning of our relationship. I was, and this happened with all my relationships. I was so euphoric and just so full of joy. Like nothing could, it was just like total euphoria. And, but as the relationship kind of can, it was a long distance relationship. I was in LA, he was in New York. And as the relationship continued there started cracks started to form in the plaster like there there were cracks in the wall and and i could i could sense him kind of pulling away from the relationship and i'm telling you that it was the, one of the most crazy experiences i remember my my roommates i had a couple of roommates and uh i had several roommates in Benedict canyon but a couple of them I was just so distraught. I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy is pulling away from me and I can feel it. And like, he doesn't really want to talk on the phone as much. And, and I was a, I was an emotional wreck. Like I literally was like, do you have a, a Xanax or something or like some kind of sedative? I was, I needed a sedative. That's how stressed out I was and upset. And that's kind of how my life was before Christ, you know, it was always, even with work, it was just like constantly based on, you know, how did I do on this job? How, how did this shoot go? Did it go well? Did the, you know, did the, did the producer love me? Did the photographer love me? Um, did the client love me? It was just like always based on my circumstances and on, it's like everything was like super uh, high high stress and super um, high intensity on these jobs. And it was just like everything was based on if I did, if the job went really well, 
I was super happy. I was in a great mood. But if there was one tiny glitch in the job, I was just devastated. And so these, I mean, basically, this is what Tim Keller would call idolatry. Like these were my idols in my life, my career, my boyfriends, like all these things. I put so much pressure on them and pressure on myself. And it completely drove me insane. And so I just always felt just this, that happiness was fleeting, that it was, um, it just kind of, you know, it was again, based on what was going on in my life at the time. And, and it's exhausting. It's so exhausting to have that, uh, to have that situation in your life and to be dependent on your circumstances all the time. It's so exhausting. (laughs) So you can imagine when I met Jesus, uh, 12 years ago, I was thrilled because everything changed and I'll, I'll explain what, I mean, I'll explain what happened in terms of my joy the day I got saved, but also how it is now. And so I've talked about this before, like when I, you know, walked into an evangelical church in Hollywood 12 years ago for the first time, I heard the sermon, was blown away by the gospel, got saved the day, the very first time I went to church, I got saved, which was insane. And, and, uh, I was so just filled with joy. I mean, it was like, it was like that joy that I would have with the boyfriends when I first met them but times a million. (laughs) So when I met Jesus, I was just so filled with joy and just so euphoric. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. And I I remember, you know, as I've said this before, when I would read the Bible, I was just every, the Old Testament, the New Testament, I just was, I would, I was consuming the Bible. I couldn't stop reading it. I was obsessed (laughs) with the word of God. And every time I would read the Bible, I would just burst into tears because I would be like, I can't believe I am part of this amazing epic story of redemption. Like I'm literally a part of this story now. And it blew my mind and, and I, um, I was just like full of joy. Like, I mean, just nonstop joy. I was, and and every time I would listen to a sermon, I would listen, uh, as I've talked about before, I would listen to sermons all the time, not just from my pastor, but just from other pastors around the world. And, and I just was, every time I would hear a sermon, I would end up bawling because I was just like, I can't believe that this is all true. I can't believe I was in the dark for so long. And part of that joy came from not only knowing Jesus and being reconciled to to God through Christ, by my faith in Christ, the joy was just also part of knowing where I came from, what I'm doing on this planet, and where I'm going. Like knowing the meaning of life and knowing your purpose in life and that there is a purpose... <laughs> Because before I was saved, I didn't even know there was a purpose in life. I thought it was just random and that it was all random and I was just going to die and that was it. And so that that knowledge of my telos, my purpose in life, was filled me with joy. 
because that that is a huge burden not to know not to know the meaning of life is a huge burden and i lived under that burden for many many years and so i now i talk about this a lot i and and by the way you know in terms of boyfriends it was always like they would cheat on me or you know there were you know there would be breakups and there would be infidelity and and we they would leave me or i would leave them and but with G- jesus what's so amazing about jesus is obviously he never will cheat on on us he never leaves or forsakes us and he will always be faithful and so just knowing that immutability about jesus and about god just gives me so much comfort and joy and i think of that that him on on Christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand and it's true it's like all other ground any other life that's not in christ is just sinking sand you're you're in quicksand that's how i felt for all my life i felt like i was in quicksand <laughs> and um just yeah anything could happen and i could just be completely destroyed by any any kind of difficulty in my life but now it's it's my life is built on solid rock on on Christ and i just think of uh i want to read some some verses from from scripture that point to this this idea of joy and uh in romans 5 paul says more than that we also rejoice in god through our lord jesus christ through whom we have now received reconciliation so again that reconciliation with God gives us that joy where we can rejoice because we're reconciled with our creator. We're recon, we're, we're literally doing the thing that we were meant to do or being what we were meant to be on this planet to be reconciled with our creator. And so Paul goes on in Philippians, he says, and this is kind of this verse, I may have mentioned this, but this verse is kind of like my go. This is my, if, if there was any verse in the Bible that kind of represented the way I feel about life and about things, it's this, Philippians 3, 8, when Paul says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And that's how I felt after I got saved. I just felt like nothing else matters like nothing in this world matters all that matters is christ and i counted all everything is as rubbish like my former life i just counted it all as lost even the friends i lost even the the jobs i lost or whatever all that stuff i was just like that's all rubbish like and knowing jesus is everything (laughs) so i uh that's kind of my go-to verse for for my life but Paul is such an inspiration because he was filled with joy all the time. Like he was just so full of joy and he was, he was running around the Mediterranean planting churches and he had such a difficult life, but he was filled with joy. And I just want to read some of the difficulty of his life. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. 
A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And so Paul had a very difficult life. Uh, when he was, you know, on mission for the gospel and, and, but he was still filled with joy and, and, and Corinthians, second Corinthians, he says, in all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. So even in his affliction, he's overflowing with joy. And remember, and, and this is how I feel too, is it's like, I tell, I've said this before to people when I speak sometimes at churches and conferences, I, I, it's like, I could live under a bridge now. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, yes, it would be kind of a bummer <laughs> to do that. But it's like, I have Christ. I have eternal, I have eternal life. I'm a heir. I'm an heir to God. I'm a co-heir with Christ. I'm literally royalty. We're literally royalty, right? You understand that we are royalty. Like we are sons and daughters of the king. So we're, are, we're in the royal family and. Paul says this, he says in Philippians 4, he says, I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so, again, that verse, that's a very popular verse that people put, you know, it's on t-shirts and in a picture of frame pictures. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, but that's Paul's really referring in that verse to, I can ha- basically I can handle anything because Christ is in me and he can, he strengthens me. I can handle any adversity, any, anything in life because Christ is in me. And I feel that way too. I just feel like no matter what comes my way, um, I mean, of course, I don't want crazy, difficult things to come my way. And there have been some, but uh, I don't wish that upon any of us. But um, but I know that deep down that I will have this uh, joy, uh, inexpressible joy. And I always talk about this. I No matter what's going on in my life, no matter how stressful, and when I was in seminary and I was working at this, I mean, there was so much stress going on. I had so many papers due and books to read and, um, and jobs. And when I was on a job, there was so much stress, but it didn't matter because after I got saved, I just, I felt like I had this layer, this rock layer of joy, kind of like in my gut, (laughs) in my gut. And it could never, it was impenetrable. No matter. So yes, I, you know, I could get grumpy and cranky. And if I wasn't, didn't sleep enough or whatever, if I was doing something stressful, yes, I was cranky, but I had this permanent layer and I still do. I have this permanent layer of joy in me and nothing can, can break it. It's unbreakable. And, um, it's the Holy spirit in me. It's Christ in me the hope of glory. And then Paul goes on in Romans 8 to say, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And that's the, that's the truth. I mean, it's 
that's the hope we have. And it's not just hope, like wishful thinking. It's hope that is true. It's actually going to happen. It's the hope of the future that, so just knowing my destination, knowing where I'm going, nowhere, knowing where we're going because we're in Christ, that it just, it makes the, these, the present sufferings of this, this time less difficult, way less difficult in my opinion. And then Paul goes on in Romans 8 to say, For I am sure that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, just having that assurance and knowing our, where we're going and knowing who we are, knowing what our real true identity is, that our identity is in Christ. Our, our, our identity is not in in you know the things of this world our identity is in christ and and that gives us such comfort that gives me such comfort and joy uh in psalm 16 the psalmist says you make known to me the path of life in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore and when paul is is talking about in romans 14 uh, not causing another believer to stumble he says uh, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I'm so glad for that. Uh, and, and John, in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, uh, Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So notice how in John 15, Jesus kind of ties the, the, the fullness of joy with obedience to, to him. And it's true. It's like when we're obedient to, to Jesus, when we're obedient to the Father, I can feel it in my own life that there's more joy. And, and when I'm dis, when I do something, when I sin or when I'm, when I'm being disobedient, I can, I feel that distance and I feel, that I'm grieving the Holy Spirit and that there that my joy is not full. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, okay, you, if you want your joy to be full, keep my commandments, like oh, be obedient to me. And it's true. I just, and I love, I, I've said this before. I love being obedient to Christ because he redeemed me. He purchased me and he rescued me out of a life of utter darkness and utter destruction. So, I'm, he's, he's the best master to have. Like, I love being obedient to him. And in John 16, Jesus says, he says, so he's talking to the disciples because he's about to go to the cross. And he says, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. And that, again, that's, that's what I feel. I feel like I have this permanent layer of joy and no one can take it away. Nothing can take it away, no matter what comes. And uh, and then just a couple other verses. Um, Peter, in First Peter, Peter says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible 
and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So again, there's that that inexpressible joy that we have as believers. It's and and you know, even though we haven't seen Jesus, we have Jesus living in us, and we have the Holy Spirit in us. So we have that inexpressible joy. And that's how I feel. I mean, all the time I, and again, it's, it's like, yes, I have bad days, but there's always that inexpressible joy going on, kind of flowing through my, my mind and my heart all the time. And, uh, and the last thing about this I'll say is in terms of, uh, a Bible verses is part of the fruit of the spirit is joy love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. So that's part of the fruit of the spirit is that joy. And again, that's why it's important to, um, you know, to be in the word of God, to be reminded of who we are in, in Christ and what our identity is, because it, it gives us joy. And to remember that we're royalty, to remember where we're going and all these, the truths of scripture to constantly be renewing our minds with scripture is so important and to be in prayer with the Lord, because the more we commune with Jesus, I know this from experience, like the more I commune with Jesus, the more I am in prayer on my bedroom floor, (laughs) the more joy I have. It just, it just is a, it's a, it's a, it correlates perfectly with that. The, like the more prayer, the more kind of reading of the Bible, the more joy, like that's just how it works. And, and I can tell like when I, when I'm really busy or I'm traveling or something and I kind of, uh, just don't spend time with the Lord or don't spend time in the word, I can feel that, that kind of, I can feel that distance and it's, it's not, it's not great. So I, I, I encourage all of us to, and I'm preaching to myself, I encourage all of us to to spend more time in the Word, to spend more time in prayer, because it does just, it makes, it just fills us with so much more joy and and peace and, 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 and all the other fruit of the Spirit. And I, so I want to tell just a quick story about someone else I know who was rescued out of homosexuality. And it's a a friend of mine named Sam. And he, I met him, I think I met him in 2017. I was in seminary at the time. And Sam was born in Iraq. And I think he went, when he was, seven years old, he and his family fled Iraq. There was a war, the war during that time. And he fled to, they, they escaped to, uh, Sweden and they be, they were refugees in Sweden. And then Sam ended up somehow getting to Los Angeles. I I don't know exactly. I forgot how he got to LA, but he came to Los Angeles when he was an adult and he, ended up becoming a very successful real estate agent and lived in a really fancy condominium in West Hollywood and, you know, kind of had this, this like fancy life, like that everyone wants, you know, had the car, had the condo, had the life, the job and had all the connections and had, 
you know, had a lot of great friends and, and, but Sam was also the more and more, it's almost like the more success he had, the more he got into drugs and the more he got into sex addiction. And he was, by the time I met him, he was addicted to drugs, so many different things. And he was having sex with up to eight different people a night. Like that's how crazy it was. And I think he, he, I think he attempted suicide a couple of times and he saw, he reached out to me through a, a mutual friend. I didn't know him, but he re, he, he heard about my story and he reached out to me and, um, you know, of course any, he said, Hey, can you meet with me right now? And I was like, Whoa, okay. And so I met with him at a coffee shop nearby in West Hollywood and, and I didn't know what to expect. And he told me his story. I said, you know, what's going on in your life? And he looked like death. Like he looked like death warmed over. I mean, he just looked like completely vacant and dead inside. And it was, it was really, I mean, I could really sense that and feel that. So I said, you know, tell me your story, like what's going on in your life. And he told me what all these things that were going on and all the destructive behavior he was involved in. And, and so then I told him my story and I told him, you know, how I got saved and what happened to me. And, and I, you know, told him the whole story basically. And by the, by the time I finished my story, like I, tears just started streaming down his eyes and I was like, whoa, like this guy this guy's ready for the gospel. Like, this is amazing. He's ready for Jesus. And so I invited him to church the next night, uh, on a Sunday night. And, and he, he showed up, he came to church and he sat next to me during the sermon. And I didn't look at him cause I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable or I didn't want him to, to feel awkward. So I just looked straight ahead and tried to, you know, give him space and but during the sermon, as the pastor was preaching the sermon, I could hear him like sniffling. So I I kind of knew something was going on. I'm like, is he crying? Like what's happening? And so after this after the service was over, we was the lights came on and we I looked over at him and his entire t-shirt <laughs> was soaking wet with tears. And he had just been born again like that night and it was amazing. And he was so filled with joy. It was crazy. Like the countenance of his face was, was completely transformed. I mean, the night before he was like completely dead. And then the next night he was alive. Like, uh, just like I was lost. I was found. I was dead. I was alive. Um, amazing grace. And so, he, he was so, again, euphoric and filled with so much joy. And to the point where, I mean, it was, it was so extreme. Like he sold his condominium, he sold his car, he sold, he got rid of all of his clothes except one, one uh, pair of each thing. Like he only, I think he only had like one shirt, one pair of pants, one pair of shoes. Like he, he really just was like, I don't want any of this stuff. Like, this is all from my past. I don't want any of it. And he gave up his, all of his success and, um, 
and his money basically. And he moved back to Sweden. He lives there now. And I think, uh, the last I heard, like he was driving basically a cab in Sweden for a living and living in a tiny one room apartment. And that's all like, that's all he needs. Like that's all he, he doesn't care about anything else. And he's so full of joy. Like he's, (laughs) he's just so happy and full of joy. And I'm so happy for him. Like it's, it's just amazing that God rescued him out of such darkness and, and, um, and now he's just the most, one of the most joyful people I know. And so I just want to close with this because this, this kind of sums up everything. And it's in Revelation chapter 21. This is what we have to look forward to. So Revelation 21 verse 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. The sea represents chaos in, in the ancient Near East. So the, the chaos was no more. The sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And this is the key verse. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. So that's the hope we have as believers. And I know a lot of us, a lot of us are going through difficult times and our family, some of our family members aren't saved and, um, and it, I know that's difficult. And I mean, I, I don't know, I, w- I don't know what it's like to be a parent of a child who's not saved. Um, cause I, obviously I don't have children, but I, I can imagine that is heart wrenching, but let's, let's keep our focus on the promises we have. And just in terms of our family members or friends that are not saved, let's, let's just keep praying for them. And just remember that God is sovereign over all this. God is, he knows what he's doing. And uh, so just, let's just keep pressing into him and keep praying. But uh, yeah, we have, we have an amazing future, (laughs) future to look forward to. And that's why we can have joy, even in spite of the crazy stuff that's going on. So thank you guys for watching. And I will see you next week on the Becca Cook Show. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com 
or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.